Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. We got great news yesterday after months and months of bad news. Nothing but bad news. The NBA is coming back, or it will be at least in a few months. We still got to wait a while. Not coming back next week. It's going to be back at the end of July if everything goes well. And I know we got months to wait, and it's not perfect, and we can't play in the home arenas with the fans, but I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I said yesterday it's the best case scenario. I thought the NBA did the best with what they could. And a pandemic-stricken world where nobody can travel and nobody can gather, that's that's a tough scene for a major sporting league. So I think they did the best with what they had, right? With the hand they were dealt. I have one question about it, though, and it's sticking with me. And I really didn't start, start thinking about it until last night. And I slept on it, and I was thinking about it today. And I'm like, wait, I want to I lead the show with this. The NBA is coming back. That's the biggest piece of sporting news right now. I don't want to talk about baseball. I'm so done with it. I don't want to. I, I could play the entire uh, Matt Lafleur conference call today. I could just plug that in and and go get a cup of coffee. I want to start with the NBA. That's the story. Uh, we are going to hit a lot of different topics today, but let's start with the NBA. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm glad you have tuned in. We made it through another week, which in a pandemic-stricken world with uh, a lot of unrest and a stressful president, yeah, making it through a week is an accomplishment. So we did it. I'm glad you're here. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to talk about a couple different things. I want to hear from you, and I reached out on Facebook and on our Twitter page as well, at WKTY. You can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 580 WKTY. I want to hear from you if you'd actually be comfortable going to a sporting event right now. Because some places in the country, as we're going to talk about in a minute, are opening up businesses. And Texas said, hey, we'll do professional sports. We'll do college sports. And we'll even let fans in. 50% capacity. So our country, right or wrong, is trending in the direction of getting sports back and having fans in the stands. Not at 100%, but some fans. Are you comfortable going and plopping your can in Miller Park right now next to a bunch of other people on a hot summer day? Let me know. We'll talk about that coming up in about 10 minutes. I also want to continue our conversation about Drew Brees. Not to be negative, not to rip on the guy, but I, I, I heard some words yesterday from one of my favorite people in sports media, and that's Ernie Johnson. And it got me thinking, I want to share his comments with you and elaborate on them a little bit. And coming up at the end of the show, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a laugh. Um, we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, something that was said on Fox News the other night about Drew Brees, and I think it's hilarious. And, and I'm not saying it in a spiteful way. I'm not, I'm not saying it to rip on any party involved, but it's hilarious. And I'll explain why that's coming up before 6 o'clock. But I want to start with the NBA. Do you know how the NFL refs come out of a timeout or a review, or a coach's challenge. And they, they click the mic on, and they go, after further review, and then they make their announcement, right? It took further review. You had to think about it. Had to look at it. Had to go under the hood. Although I don't think they go under the hood anymore. Isn't it all? It's all done in New York. Which makes sense, because why would an official be sticking his head under a hood to look at an iPad? Whatever, it's not the point. They come out and they say, after further review. Well, I did some further reviewing of this NBA return. that's scheduled to be in late July. Talked about it, 22 teams. There's a possibility for a play-in game from the 9 to the 8 seed. But other than that, everything's staying the same. Conferences each get 8 teams. The seeding isn't changing. Not going to be in home arenas. But other than the location, the format will be 
relatively similar, as similar as it can be given the state of things right now. I still like the seating. I like the format. I even like the play-in games. Something a little bit different, and I don't think it really messes with the integrity of the postseason or any of the teams one through eight. In fact, I think the system, even with the play-in games, gives advantages to the one seed. It protects seeds two through six and seven, and it even protects the eight seed in a way. Even though they're not guaranteed a spot in the postseason, they still have an advantage. I think it's the best case scenario. However, I'm growing a little bit more confused on the necessity of the bubble at Disney World in Florida. And I'm growing more confused on the necessity of sequestering players. Right? Now, before you get ticked and you turn off the show and you don't listen to anything else I have to say, just wait a sec. I'm not, I'm not a coronavirus conspiracy guy. I, I'm not the guy sharing the, sharing the hmm, made me think video on Facebook. That, that's not me. Right? I've always thought it's better to err on the side of caution. If we got to shut down some businesses... For the time being, okay, I don't want anybody to lose their job. I don't want anybody to lose their business, but it's probably best to err on the side of caution. Even if it weakens our economy, keep in mind our economy is made up of people. Right? We, we talk about the economy like it's, like it's its own being. No, it's made up of you and me and everybody who goes to work and spends money. It's made up of people. People are real. The economy is an idea. The economy is a, a floating currency and money. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prioritize the people. And that's why I was fine with the shutdowns, fine with the social distancing, as long as it makes sense. And up until about now, and now we're seeing crowds and protests, it's made sense to me. So I'm not the coronavirus conspiracy guy. That's not me. But I'm growing more confused on the necessity of the bubble. I get that we want to keep players safe and keep players healthy because that's going to allow them to actually play basketball. I get that. But they're playing in Disney World in two months. And Disney World is about to open. Like, Florida's opening up. Outside of the players' hotels, families and groups are going to be eating in restaurants. They're going to be riding Space Mountain. They're going to be walking around with a caramel apple or cotton candy. I don't know. I've never been to Disney World. That's that's not the point. But we're going to sequester the players in these hotels, and we're going to keep extra bodies out of the hallways and keep contact low, and they can only bring, it looks like, three family members, except for some exceptions. Very careful with the NBA players. A lot of strict rules. But Disney World is going to be open. There's going to be field trips and families just hiking around in their Mickey Mouse ears, eating at restaurants. Do you see the, do you see the difference? Do you see how that's kind of weird? It would be like sequestering. Like, think of the OJ trial. That was my first um, experience with the, with the idea of sequestering, right? Keeping people in one place and really minimalizing contact with the outside world. It would be like sequestering the OJ jury, but then at night, you let the general public into the hotel, and you let them mingle around, but you keep the jury there, but you, you let the general public in. That would, that would make no sense, right? What's the point of sequestering the jury if everybody's going to be walking around anyways, and the general public can, can come right up to the hotel and, and the rest of the world goes on as normal? I don't get it. We're going to sequester players in a hotel, but meanwhile, Disney World is open? Florida has been open for business for weeks. They're moving on to phase two this week. In phase two, they're going to open up bars, nightclubs, tattoo shops, sporting venues, other large venues, movie theaters, and they have to show that they're taking precautions and they have to have a plan to prevent the spread of coronavirus, but they're opening up things. They're moving into phase two. Amusement parks. 
Governor DeSantis in Florida made this announcement in Orlando at Universal just to show, hey, I'm here. I'm making the announcement. Let's go. We're reopening. It's phase two. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's what Florida's doing. And a lot of people are pointing out that Thursday's tally, yesterday's tally for coronavirus cases in Florida, which has been one of the more aggressive states in reopening, they tallied 1,400 new cases yesterday. That's the largest increase the state has seen. But as they test more people and get more results, the positivity rate is going down. So while cases are going up, the rate of infection is actually going down. So the case numbers can be a bit misleading. Once again, I'm not saying I'm I'm taking the side of Governor DeSantis and I'm saying reopening is okay, but they're going about business. They're in phase two reopening and the infection rate is going down. Texas is doing the same thing. He announced on Wednesday, they're going to move on to the next phase and they're going to open up all businesses, and they can operate at 50% capacity. There are a couple exceptions. I I did the research today just to make sure I had everything right. Restaurants have already been open at 50% capacity in Texas, and now they're upping their table sizes, and they're upping their capacity to 75%, including professional sports, which can now go from 25% capacity to 50, and professional sports can go to 50 to 75, which is really weird to me because I I don't know why we're changing the numbers because we haven't had sports, so they're just changing numbers to change it. Not the point. Texas and Florida are moving along and they're reopening. So we're going to sequester NBA players for months in their hotel room with very limited access to family. It seems like only three or so family members are going to be allowed to come. While families ride Space Mountain and walk around with with cotton candy in their hand, doesn't that seem odd to anyone else? Players are going to play in empty gyms and eat room service while families are eating out, hanging out in groups, I'm all for safety and precautions. I want the players to be healthy and safe. I want everybody to be healthy and safe so we can get back to life as normal and we can play basketball. And I can have something to talk about other than the case number in Florida, for God's sake. But I want some clarity. I want some logic. Because we're still two months away from the return of the NBA, the the, the expected return of the NBA. So much could change by then. And we're going to know so much more in the next two weeks as Cases either skyrocket or don't after all of these mass gatherings due to protests. I want some clarity. I want some logic. And look, it might be as simple as Adam Silver just saying, because I say so. Because I'm the boss and you're my employees. I'm the commissioner. And he can do that, right? Just like Roger Goodell can say, hey, no kneeling. We don't have to agree with it. The players don't have to agree with it. But that's how the employee-employer relationship works. So maybe Adam Silver is just erring on the side of caution. But Adam Silver has never been the authoritarian dictator type commissioner to just do things for the sake of doing things, playing the I told you so or I said so card. And that's fine. If Adam Silver wants to do that, that's fine. But if our country continues to trend this way and yeah, we're getting more cases, but the infection rate is dropping. If we're moving in the right direction and states are reopening, why is the NBA the most it will be the most anticipated Start of a sport in my lifetime when they start in in, in July. And we're not going to let fans in. We're going to sequester the players in their room. We're not going to have crowds. I, I just feel like our country is trending one way and the NBA is, is trending the other. And we're going to know a lot in the next two months. And I think something we all need to get better at, and hopefully we're getting better at right now, is changing our opinion as we get new information as, and as we learn. So in a couple of weeks, we might really be up to it in COVID cases and and. And obviously I'll say, all right, great. We're going to have to sequester the players. But if our country continues to trend in the right direction, man, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. We're going to keep LeBron James in his room ordering pizza while the, the Smith family is down riding the Ferris wheel? You can, you can really tell I've never been to Disney World, right? Just a, qu- just a little bit of confusion I had. I wanted to share that with you. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your excitement or hesitance to attend a game right now. Texas said, we're going to let people in for games. Florida, going along those same lines. Would you, would you go to a game right now? Would you go sit in Lambeau Field or Miller Park? I, I, I put out some feelers on Facebook and on Twitter, and the results actually surprised me. I'm very surprised by what you guys had to say. So I'll share some of those comments. And if you want to text me and say, hey, I'd love to go, but I'm going to need to see this, this, this. If you want to text me and say, absolutely not, I'm not going, please, I'd love to hear from you. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. Twitter and Facebook wide open as well. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Sports Show rolls on. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Follow me on Twitter at Keystroker Grant. You can follow us all at WKTY. I haven't had too much to say on Twitter the last couple of weeks. I've lost like 10 followers in the last two weeks, and I think I've been relatively tame on Twitter. I don't think I've said anything that outlandish or that polarizing. I think people just really want to escape from what's going on in the world right now. Not going anywhere. You can't escape. There's no sports to watch. Can't stick to sports. Can't shut up and dribble. No. We got to face these issues. So if you want to tackle some of these issues with me on Twitter, you can follow me at Keystroker Grant. I've tweeted like three times in the last week. You guys are soft. You're unfollowing me. You're listening and you unfollowed. Yeah, you're soft. (laughs) The rest of you, I hope you're having a great Friday. And even if you unfollowed, I get it. I hope you're having a great Friday too. Coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, I want to continue our conversation about Drew Brees. And I want to share with you some really really insightful words and, in my eyes, motivational words from one of my favorite broadcasters, Ernie Johnson. So, yeah, we're going to cover a, a somewhat political issue, even though it's in, a, in the sports landscape. But I, I don't want to be negative today. I don't want to rip down Drew Brees anymore. I, I, I want to be uplifting. And Ernie Johnson, I think, did a really good job with that. Um, he, he did a show with Shaq and, and Chuck and Kenny inside the NBA last night on TNT. And, and I pulled just a 30-second clip I want to show for you. I think you'll like it. For now, I want to continue our conversation that we started the show. Getting fans back in the stands. Because Florida is moving along in that direction. They're in phase two of reopening. Texas is reopening everything. They're, they're upping the capacity to 25% to 50 for professional sports. And they're holding it 50% capacity for college sports. So they're saying we'll have some fans, we can't have it full, but we'll have some fans as Texas moves along as well. They're allowing restaurants to up their capacity, I believe from 50 to 75. Yep, 50 to 75% capacity, and they're upping table sizes from 6 people to 10, which I which I think is kind of funny. I think some of this stuff is so, it's so trivial. It's like, well, is that, if you're allowing 75% of a restaurant to be full, does it matter how many people are sitting at the damn table? But whatever. Texas, Florida, just two examples, two very red states moving in that direction. And we could have fans back in the stands before too long. By the time sports comes back, we might be able to have fans in the stands. Who knows? And I, and I don't want to go from one deflating topic to another. It feels like we've either been talking about murder and police brutality or we've been talking about a pandemic. But, I mean, those two topics are really dominating everything in the world right now, even sports. It's really weird and possibly uplifting or depressing, depending on how you look at it. It's strange how we've ignored social distancing for for a bigger cause the last week or so. I don't know what that says about Americans. I don't know if it says that we're impatient and that we have short attention spans and we're undisciplined. 
or if it means we're willing to put ourselves on the line to fight for something bigger than ourselves. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe it depends on on the person. But in the last week, we've seen social distancing and, and gathering guidelines go completely out the window for these protests. And yeah, I know people are wearing masks, but come on. You, you get a crowd of 1,000 people and you're packed shoulder to shoulder. I, I, I do think masks makes it, make a difference and, and the research echoes that. But you get that many people in one place? Come on. So we've ignored social distancing for a bigger cause. I don't know what that says about us as Americans. We aren't over this pandemic yet, but we're getting there. We're starting to get over it. And I think it depends on the individual and it depends on the individual's personality. Some people are willing to risk it a little bit to go to a bar. They get a lot of enjoyment. They get a sense of community. And that's a lot of people in the state of Wisconsin. I'm I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Right, I talked to Ebo from The Zone last week, and he said the same thing. It's like, man, this is our culture, right? I'm going to go out, I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to be safe, but yeah, I'm going to risk it a little bit to go support my local neighborhood bars that I spend a lot of time, and I socialize, and I get a lot of my social life from this establishment. You see that, especially in Wisconsin, especially in Wisconsin. You see some people who really prioritize health and fitness looking for any opportunity to go work out at the gym, any opportunity to go lift weights, to get a basketball shot up, to hop on the stationary bike. There's some people that health and fitness is number one, and if they got to risk just a little bit of their health, if they got to wear a mask, they're going to do it. Depends on the individual, right? Some people right now, just they can't go without getting their hair cut. I'm not that good looking to begin with, so I can make it work. I've had a friend cut my hair twice since this has started. I th- I, you get over it. It's hair. Maybe it's a good reminder and, and, a, and a good way for, for us to not become so, so shallow and vain. Yeah, just buzz your head. Yeah, it looks different. Who cares? But some people really need their haircut. I called my barber last week, and I said, hey, you got any availability today? And he said, man, I called him on, on Friday morning. He said, dude, I'm booked through next Thursday night. I, I felt so stupid for asking, calling naively, asking if he had any availability. He said, no, it's going to be at least six days. I'm like, oh, man. So people looking to get their haircut. Yeah, it's a little bit of a risk, but it's a risk they're willing to take. What about a sporting event? Really? You're willing to risk your health? To go to a sporting event. And when I say risk, it's it's a small risk, right? There's ways to mitigate risk. Wear a mask. Practice social distancing. If we go back to, to professional or college sporting events, we're not going to be sitting next to each other. Chances are they're going to have it spaced out. They're going to have X's. They're not going to sell all the seats. At least that's the model so far in Texas that's leading the way in terms of getting fans back in, in sporting arenas. Will you risk your health to to go to a sporting event? For me... And I'll speak to me. And if you'd like to chime in, and I want to read some Facebook comments and some tweets, but if you want to shoot me a text, 608-796-2558, yes or no, on the five-star telecom talking text line. Sign me up to go see a game, or no, I'm going to wait out a while. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Let me know. For me, it depends on the league, and it depends, depends on the sport. Because I personally prefer some live sports to others. I actually don't love going to live sporting events. It's expensive. And it takes up your entire day. I mean, I grew up on the west side of the state. I now live in La Crosse, obviously. But I used to I used to live in Menominee, up by Eau Claire. Unless you're driving to the Metrodome, which we had done a time or two, or I guess now Target Field or U.S. Bank Stadium. I haven't been to the bank, but I've been to the Metrodome and I've been to Target Field a few times. Unless you're driving to Minnesota, you got to go three hours to Green Bay. And that is a you-know-what of a drive if you made that drive. From the west side of the state all the way through on 29, that sucks. And driving to Green Bay from La Crosse is no better. Or driving four hours from where I grew up or three hours from here to go to Milwaukee. I don't want to spend six hours in a car to go to a Bucks game. I love Jim Paschke and I love Marcus Johnson. They do a great job. I don't, need to, I don't need to kill six hours in a car 
to spend 100 plus bucks at the Pfizer Forum. And I love going to NBA games. I love the act of being in the arena. I think the energy is great. And I love seeing the size and strength and speed of the players because it, it doesn't really pop out to you until you see it in person. I love NBA games, but because I don't live in Milwaukee or I don't live in, in Minneapolis or St. Paul, I, I, I can't do it. I, I maybe do it once a year. I didn't go to a Bucks game this year. I was scheduled to go on one of our bus trips that was unfortunately canceled. I'll go to once a year. Maybe. Maybe. If I lived in Milwaukee, that was different. NFL, once every three or four years is good for me. Once every three or four years. I, the drive to Green Bay is so brutal, and I don't want to get a hotel because they're wildly expensive and hard to get. And it's cold out. Like, I, I, being at Lambeau Field is breathtaking, and the game day atmosphere is super cool, and seeing the history, it's awesome. But the drive sucks. And let's be real. Football is just great to watch on TV. It's just made for TV. Pace of play, the timeouts, the yellow line on the field. It's just, it's better on TV. I'll go to a Packer game once every three or four years just to take in that atmosphere, take in the history, and and, and get that feeling. College football is pretty cool. I've been on this schedule the last few years of going every other year. Now, I went to high school with Nate Stanley, who was quarterback at Iowa and now um, drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. He was in my my graduating class in 2016. So the last two times he's been in Madison, one would have been in 2017 and one was last year in 2019, me and and some friends went to the Iowa game. So that was a reason to go. But going to a Badger game in Madison is really cool because much like the the atmosphere at Miller Park or at uh, Lambeau Field, it's a game day experience. Down by Camp Randall in Madison, right? With the block parties and the bars that are full. It's really cool and it's fun to do. And the drive to Madison isn't as bad. And the town's a little bit bigger so I can find a place to stay, a place to park. It's not as bad. So I'll go every other year, and I've been in that pattern just because we went to see see Nate the last couple of years. The MLB, I'd love to go to a Brewer game or two every year. I love going to baseball games. I think they're the perfect spectator sport for being there live. They move at a good pace. You can get a beer. You can get popcorn. You can get a bag of peanuts. Like I, I think baseball, you can tailgate. It's summertime. Sign me up for Brewer games. I'll go every year. But I need some time off. I need time to, to miss going to Packer games and, and Badger games and Bucks games. So I, I pose this question to you on, on our Facebook page. Will you be comfortable attending a sporting event when sports return and fans are allowed in? And we have a bunch of comments, and and it surprised me how overwhelmingly affirmative they were. Yes, yes, yes. Kyle is a little bit more hesitant. He said, I would be comfortable if they have people sit apart with limited capacity. Makes sense. But the rest of you got, you sign you up. Matt, you said, I'm totally in. Looking forward to the Wisconsin versus Notre Dame game. Yep. Paul, Paul, your comment made me laugh. For the love of God, let's go already. Yep. I, I think you're on the same page as a lot of people, Paul. Matt says he's already got his tickets. Tom says, yep, good to go. Beth, Beth says the same thing. Tiffany says, um, yes, let's get on with it already. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody's in. Everybody wants to go. I, I'm not jumping into a sporting game yet, but I don't know if that's so much to do with social distancing and, and COVID-19 as much as it is. I just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money to drive to a game, spend a day in the car, and then go sit on some cold bleachers. Camp Randall's packed. You don't got a lot of space there. And a college football game is really, really long. Takes it out of me. So I'm not as excited as you are, as some of our commenters are. But that's for a lot of different reasons. Rob says yes, but I don't see the MLB coming back anytime soon. Isn't that a bummer, Rob? Because that's that's the one sport I I really want to go participate in. I want to go to a game at Miller Park. And that's the one league that can't get their you-know-what out of their you-know-what. Well, let's move on. When we come back, I want to continue to talk about Drew Brees, and I'm not going to bury Drew Brees today. I'm not going to be negative. I want to share with you some 
some pretty wise words from one of my favorite sports broadcasters. That's Ernie Johnson. So we'll continue this conversation and begin to wrap up the Wisco Sports Show for the week. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Happy Friday. We made it through another brutally long, sad, depressing, dark week. It's kind of the way 2020 has been. So congrats. Made it through another five days. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to kick off work today and go enjoy my weekend. And I love my job. I love being here. I love what I do every day. But the last couple of weeks, especially by by Friday night, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go unplug for a day or two. Half of this job is just staying connected, stay up to date so I can come in here and and not sound like an idiot. And that's really hard when everything you read is is bad news. So this what I'm calling Breeze Gate, Drew Breeze Gate, like Bounty Gate, Spy Gate, Deflate Gate. I'm just going to call it Breeze Gate, which sounds a little bit too much like Breezeway. So maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to workshop some ideas. Hopefully this blows over so we don't have to pick a name for it. But for right now, it's Breeze Gate. I have never seen an athlete rolled over the coals like this in my lifetime. And we have athletes do dumb stuff all the time. It probably makes a huge difference that sports are paused right now. So nobody has any, nobody's anything to do. Everybody's staying up to date on Twitter and staying well read and trying to do the right thing to move this country in the right direction. And maybe that has led the the backlash of, of Drew Brees comments to be a little bit stronger. But even in instances of domestic violence, I haven't seen this many players from this many leagues in sports, both current and former, I haven't seen this many voices call out one individual. This has been unreal. Even in instances of domestic violence, and we all know the NFL's had their issues there. I haven't seen tweets and responses this personal. And in some sense, in some ways, this mean. I've never seen it before. Now, I want to share with you one more time Drew Brees' comments. It's about 40 seconds long. I'm not going to waste your time. Really important to keep in mind, this is not a leading question. Drew had a wide-open canvas to take this and talk about whatever he wanted. This is what Drew Bees had to say on Wednesday evening. Well, I, I, will, I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let, me, let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, But for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. So we really need to separate the first 10 seconds from his statement to the rest of it, because that's the most important part. When he said, I will never disagree or I will never agree with someone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. That statement shows that Drew Brees doesn't get it. And hopefully now he does. Because Twitter and his teammates and his colleagues in the NFL and his contemporaries in other sports 
really haven't given him a chance to not get it. Hopefully he gets it now. That it's not about disrespecting the flag and the military or the troops. He hates the troops. No, it's, it's not about that. It's about protesting racism and police brutality. And that's what Kaepernick said after his first protest. I, I don't understand why it's up for debate because it's Kaepernick's words. The pioneer to this protest and the one who got all of this started said explicitly what he was protesting. It had nothing to do with the military. Drew Brees made it that way and lots of people made it that way. Drew Brees still doesn't get it. Now, that doesn't mean Drew Brees is a bad person and he deserves to be hated. I've seen people, I've, some people have indicated that on social media. I, look, in all parts of your life, work, your family and friends, in politics, I think it's best to believe that most people are well-intentioned. Most people. Now it's up to us to decide who gets the benefit of the doubt. Drew Brees has never done, I've never heard a bad word about Drew Brees. I'd like to think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I like to believe that most people are well-intentioned. This way, if you start from that platform, that foundation, you can understand other people's opinions and views, even if you don't agree with them. For example, Bernie Sanders. I might not love his socialist ideas, but if I believe that Bernie Sanders has America's best interests in mind and that he's coming from a good place, he's well-intentioned, then I can I can vibe with Bernie a little bit because I can say, okay, well, Bernie just wants the most people to have the best health care possible. That's his goal. Okay, I might not agree with his methods, but I can see where he's coming from and we'll have a much more productive dialogue and we'll make progress easier that way. If you start from the belief that most people are well-intentioned, obviously not everybody, that's up to our individual discretion. I say I see a lot of people on social media saying he is entitled to his own opinion. He is entitled to his own opinion, and he shared it. Not really an opinion, but his experience. And he's entitled to, you know, he's okay sharing that experience. The National Anthem often moves him to tears. He thinks of his grandfather who fought in the World War. He shared that. He has that right, absolutely. But it was that first comment that's not okay. And and it's okay. It's, it's not okay for anyone to say. And here in 2020, people are calling each other out. I see it on social media. I see it in friend groups. I know friends who have had to have really uncomfortable conversations with their friends and family because we're just not putting up with it anymore. We're not going to look past comments like this, like the, like we look past grandma and grandpa saying some off-color remark at age 85. We're just not going to do it anymore, or at least we're not doing it in 2020. We're trying to put a stop to some of this stuff. So to say that Drew Brees' comments at first, well, his heart was in the right place and he has well he's well-intentioned, well, yeah, that might be the case, but that still doesn't make it okay, and that doesn't mean that we can ignore it. It was irresponsible for Drew Brees to make that statement because he is a leader in a black majority sport and he's a leader in a black majority city in New Orleans. They elevated Drew Brees to a hero in that city after he won them a title after Katrina. Katrina was abandoned and all of those black folk in New Orleans were were left. They were forgotten about. And that city saw actually a plague of police brutality that was like something out of the 1960s in Jim Crow. That's Drew Brees' city. That's why it's irresponsible for him, of all people, to make these comments. Now, a little bit of positivity, something uplifting. Ernie Johnson on Inside the NBA last night with Chuck and Kenny and Shaq, it's one of the best shows on TV. That and the Fox NFL pregame show, I think, are two of the best shows on TV with some of the best personalities and minds on TV. He made this comment yesterday, and I absolutely loved it. So he's talking about how he himself comes from a military family, as does Shaq, and he shares his thoughts on Drew Brees' comments, and this is so perfect. A dad who's a Marine, uh, who was a Marine, and and I can see the flag at my mother's house now, the, the flag that they folded. 
um, at his funeral and handed to her. Um, and I see that every time I go to the house. Here's the situation. Um, you can fly the flag at your house. You can salute the flag. You can revere the flag. Uh, you can respect the flag. And all of those are fine. What you cannot do is use the flag as a blindfold. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ernie Johnson, I don't know what it is, but any time that we're going through something as a country or the NBA is going through something as a league, he just doesn't miss. Like, he's batting a 1,000. I love Ernie Johnson, and you can tell in his delivery that he's slow and he's thoughtful and he, and he thinks about his words. Kind of not, not like me. You know how I trip on my words a lot, and you can tell that I'm energetic to get my thoughts out. Ernie Johnson takes a little bit slower pace. And I think because of that, really allows him time to think and be very deliberate with his words. Can't use it as a blindfold. Using the flag as a blindfold stems from privilege. If on June 5th, 2020, you do not understand the idea of white privilege, that's fine. This is another great example to learn from. And hopefully we are all learning more about white privilege. It doesn't mean that your success is because of your race. For example, white privilege is not, I got this radio show because my skin is white. It's not what white privilege is. I don't have to worry about things that a black man would have to worry about. I don't face disadvantages that a black man has to worry about. That doesn't mean I got this job because I'm white, but I didn't have to face certain obstacles that others would have if they don't have the same skin color as me. Drew Brees has the privilege to look at that flag and look at protests and think of his grandfather with pride. Say, I remember my grandfather fought in World War II, and every time I go over to their house, I see that flag, and, and I think of him. Or that was Ernie Johnson, excuse me. Drew Brees says, I think of my, my grandfather who fought in World War II, and it moves me to tears about how he and so many others gave their lives for this country. Drew Brees is coming from a position of privilege with that comment because there are many others who, whose grandparents fought in World War II and have very, very different experiences or fought in the army at times where the army was still segregated, for God's sake. These people were going to give their lives for their country, and they weren't even allowed to share a, a, a company of, of white soldiers. And then those soldiers came back and were excluded from the GI Bill and were not given certain protections that were given to other veterans. And I know veterans and, and what they were given and what they weren't given, and fairly, unfairly, that's a different conversation. But Drew Brees comes from a position of privilege where he can look at the flag and think of his grandpa. Because there's a lot of other people in this country who see that flag and think of something completely else through no fault of their own. And no fault of Drew Brees either, but Drew Brees has to realize that his experience with the American flag is not the same as others. And nobody's asking Drew Brees to change his views and change his feelings about that flag. But Drew, as a leader in the NFL and in New Orleans especially, you need to understand where everyone else comes from. You need to understand. You don't have to share their views and beliefs and experiences, but you need to understand. That's what Ernie Johnson hit, and he hit it beautifully. You can't use the flag as a blindfold. You can't hide behind a mask of patriotism because you don't want to think about or you don't want to tackle issues of race and disadvantages that other people have had to go, go through. Don't use the flag as a blindfold. I, I, I loved that, and I love Ernie Johnson. He's a treasure, and we should protect him. When we come back, I want to have a couple of laughs. So Twitter has been a cesspool and social media has been a cesspool. There was this trending video uh, from someone from Fox News talking about Kevin Durant, LeBron, and Drew Brees. And we're not going to talk about politics. I don't care about politics right now uh, other than this issue. I don't care about Fox News or your thoughts on Fox News. I want to have a laugh at this. 
because this is some grade A, grade A plus trolling. This is Skip Bayless level trolling. And instead of getting mad at it, we're going to laugh at it and we're going to sail off into the weekend on a humorous note for the first time in what feels like weeks. Last segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Make the first choice, the right choice, right choice, construction. Save 40% on new windows and get a free... Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. Hey, make sure, by the way, to head to WKTYsports.com and get entered. Uh, Dave Carney drew a winner this morning. We're doing a prize package giveaway with Trempolo Mountain and with Howie's. Rounds of golf with cart and then burgers and beers after uh, your rounds. All you got to do is submit a picture wearing your favorite Wisconsin sports gear. All you got to do, submit it, WKTYsports.com. You got a week. Dave will pick another winner uh, next Friday morning. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. Uh, got a couple of texts over the break. Uh, some people saying, hey, I don't agree with everything you're saying tonight. That's that's fine. That's that's perfectly okay. As I said earlier on in the show, I like to think that probably 99% of the people in this world have really good intentions. So if you, if you believe that everyone around you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, people in politics, people in sports, your favorite radio host like me, if you believe they have good intentions and they're coming from the right place, then you can op- you don't have to agree with everything that they say, but you can understand, right? So even if you don't agree with everything I've had to say about Drew Brees or about the coronavirus or about anything, because literally every topic is polarizing right now. Like I, it, it's hard not to to say disagreeable things to some people. Just know that my heart's in the right place. I want this country to be a better place. I want sports to be better. I want this country to be a healthier place. Just keep that in mind. And if you don't agree, fine. But I hope you understand. Where I'm coming from. Now, before we say goodbye for the weekend, I, I want I want to laugh. I want to laugh at something. Social media has been brutal the last couple of weeks, and I, I love Twitter. I think there's so much funny, hilarious, crafty content on Twitter, and I like looking at it, and I like reading what sports people have to say and finding sports content. But it's been a lot of darkness and sadness on social media uh, the last couple of weeks, including how, like, do police officers not know they're being recorded right now? I see every day some police officer just... Committing an act of violence they have no business committing. Do, like, do they not know they're on camera right now? Like, And we give police officers the benefit of the doubt. We've given them the benefit of the doubt since the beginning of time. But some of these videos, it's hard to watch. And I'm sure for every video of a police officer committing violence against a protester, there's also examples of protesters giving it back. But I just, I, it's been really tough to be on social media for reasons like that. Now, another video has surfaced that doesn't include police, thankfully. That has people upset, and it features Fox News' Laura Ingram. What's her show, The Ingram Angle, or something like that? I don't know if she's on at night or if she's on during the day. Hannity's on at night, so maybe she's on after or before Hannity. I don't know. It's, it's not important. Another video has surfaced of, of Laura Ingram that has people just angry. And I'm here to tell you, there's a lot to be angry about in the world right now. Don't be angry at this. Laugh. Like, let yourself enjoy this. So what it is, is people, or, or multiple people have done it. There's a video circulating comparing the comments that Laura Ingram has made uh, about Kevin Durant and LeBron James a couple of years ago when they were participating in some, some social activism. Her comments on those two, comparing those comments to her comments that she made this week about Drew Brees. So here she is speaking about Kevin Durant and uh, and LeBron James a couple of years ago. This is what Laura Ingram of Fox News had to say. It's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. 
Owen, LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. So first of all, you don't, ha- you don't have to agree or disagree with what she said. I- I'm a huge fan of, of sports media and of radio and of TV and crafting a story and crafting a take and a narrative. First of all, the, like, the way she delivered kind of some, not sinister, but pretty serious lines, they're, like, the, the delivery was beautiful. Like, man, that sounded intense. Now hear your comments about Drew Brees. This is funny. Take it as funny. Have a laugh. Well, he's allowed to have his view about what kneeling and the flag means to him. I mean, he's a person. He has some worth, I would imagine. I mean, this is beyond football, though. This is totalitarian totalitarian conduct. This Mm -hmm. is Stalinist. And by the way, on the streets of New Orleans, we're looking at live pictures. They're shouting F Drew Brees. That's what what this moment has done. To the beautiful team is, spirit of the New Orleans. This is a, <laughs> okay, you don't have to agree with anything she said, but did you hear that comment at the end? Did you hear that comment at the end? L- listen to what she says. This is what has happened to the beautiful team spirit of the New Orleans Saints because we're all worried about their locker room chemistry at this time. Wow. That's what, that's amazing that's to what me. this moment has done to the beautiful team this spirit is, of the New Orleans this Saints. Is a, <laughs> laugh at this because it's really, really funny. I'm not asking you to like Laura Ingram. I don't have an opinion on her. I, I don't really like her views on homosexuality and immigration. I think they're pretty backwards, but that's not the point of this. The point is, I'm asking you to remember that this woman makes like $15 million a year. She's worth like $70 million. She's a TV entertainer and an author. Her job is to get attention and to tell a story. And in both of these segments, these clips, she did a really good job of telling a story, crafting a narrative that is going to get people to react. And that's what her and her team of writers and her staff came up with. This is A-plus level trolling. Do you think she forgot what she said about LeBron James? The shut up and dribble line has been referred to ever since it happened. Nobody's forgotten about it, let let alone Laura Ingram. She went on TV knowing damn well that somebody was going to make this video and that it was going to get shared and people were going to talk about it like we're talking about it now. And that's great for her. And it's so so funny because she did such a good job. (laughs) She's talking about the beautiful team spirit of the New Orleans Saints. Like, that's that's A-plus level trolling. I love sports media, and I love Skip Bayless. Not because he has good takes. His takes are horrible. But because he's hilarious. The way he bends his mind backwards into believing some of the things he believes is hilarious. And it's the same thing that Laura Ingram has done here. TV people are designed to get views. They're designed to get clicks. And they come up with these things with writers. And then they go on TV and deliver them. So don't get mad about Laura Ingram and what she had to say about Drew Brees. Just laugh at it. Because it's really, really funny. And she's really good at her job. You don't have to like her. But she's talking about the beautiful team spirit of the New Orleans Saints. Oh, my God. This is hilarious to me. Have an awesome weekend. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully to talk about some more positivity. Wisco Sports Show, same time, same place. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday.